0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of No Doubter, the podcast where we talk about baseball, America's pastime, the greatest sport ever created by man. This is going to be a fun episode for you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Boom Bostic. I'm joined here by my co-host, the right-hand man, the one, the only, Travis lovely What's up, Travis? How much, man. Happy to join you again. Oh yeah, we got we got a hefty one right here, Trav. Oh yeah, you know this is our last launch episode, and you know it's exciting. I feel pretty cool. How have you been? joining podcasting so oh, far? Oh, this has
1: been fun. Uh, I mean, really getting getting behind uh, the mic, getting on set uh, each time when we're recording these. It. Uh, it, it it brings a lot of life. It's a lot of fun. It uh, it is the uh, the culmination of our work and um, prepping for this, and it just uh, we get to uh, enjoy and uh, the game and learn more about it together on set. So um, I'm I've really had a lot of fun with this so far, and yeah, we've uh, like you said, we've got a a weighty topic uh, to discuss today. Uh, and one yeah. that's definitely
0: uh, very close and personal to you. Uh, yeah, for sure, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are going to talk about the elephant in the room. The Houston, Houston, we have a problem. Yes. <laughs> we are going to address the Houston Astros cheating scandal. And this is very intentional. I'm going to be an unapologetic Houston Astros fan, Houston native, and this is one of those topics that was going to come up at some point in time. So we figured let's just get it all out and address all of it right off the bat, and then we can move on from it because... It, it, it As difficult as it will be, it is very important um, because it is going to go down in history as one of the most defining moments in baseball history. You have the Black Sox scandal, you have the steroids era, and then you have this and many other t- periods in baseball. Baseball is a very rich history, but I mean, when this broke, it was huge. So we're going to dissect it. I feel like a lot of people, they've kind of forgotten about it. Again, the story broke two years ago, roughly, a year and a half ago. But this is just kind of... It's going to be a deep dive. By the time you've done, we're done with this episode. You're going to know exactly what happened, not what other people say happened or what could have happened. You're going to know exactly what happened and you can decide for yourself. So, uh, but before we go into that, it's going to be a weighty episode. So, we don't want to just jump right into it. We want to kind of, you know, let's unwind a little.
1: we always unwind through this little segment that we call pour and score because baseball is America's pastime. It's one of the finest, uh, finest games you can watch, uh, either from the comfort of your own, own home in the living room or out at the ballpark. Uh, so the idea is, is when you pour, you score. So Barrett, let's, uh, take it away and let us know what, uh, what this week, this week's beverages.
0: Yes, our fourth and final uh, launch episode. We are completing our bourbon trail um, with a very special one. Now, this is a bourbon that not a lot of people know about from a distillery called Clyde Mays. Straight from our folks in Alabama, U.S. So, Clyde Mays is a very special Distillery. Shout out to my father-in-law who turned me on to this distillery. They make great batches. Ladies and gentlemen, highly recommend these um, these, these guys. These, they are a local distillery. and We want to give them some love because they put out some good batches. So we're going to be drinking the Clyde May Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I'm going to go ahead and read you a little history on these guys. So Clyde May was a moonshiner by trade, but a craftsman by heart he made his famous whiskey and hand-built copper stills with fresh Alabama spring water and the finest local ingredients. The man was locked up for his passion. Again, prohibition. Eight months in the federal penitentiary and yet he started up those copper stills the day he got out. This straight bourbon honors Clyde's dedication to the craft. They use simple ingredients and a patient aging process to produce a fine, easy-drinking spirit like Clyde's own Moonshine. It's a whiskey with integrity, straightforward, porch-sitting, rock-and-chair bourbon, and this time, it's perfectly legal. So, man, I'm ready to go after reading that. <laughs> so, uh, we've been ever so slightly doubting up the notch with each passing bourbon that we drink. This is 92 proof, so... It's a pretty good, you know, medium-proof bourbon. It's not as low as 80, but it's not in the 100s, 120s. So, but, uh, you have you had this before, Trav? I have not. Once again, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm making my way down the bourbon trail. Uh-oh. So, uh, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm looking forward to it. Pour oh. it up, buddy. Let's, uh, let's get right. this going. Let's do this. Oh, and uh my Glen Karen glass over to you, as we yes. always drink
0: out of. Once you go Glencairn, you never go back. We really want to encourage our audience, if you want to take your bourbon tasting to the next experience, grab yourself a Glencairn glass. By drinking wine out of a wine glass, you drink bourbon out of a Glencairn. You're able to smell uh, the whiskey slash bourbon, and it improves and enhances the experience significantly. So get some off Amazon. Just look it up. It's a great way to go. All right. I'm going to be very careful with everything here. Right. Oh, look at that. Very darker color, much darker than what we've had. Yeah, it looks looks a little thicker,
1: too, than it has mm. uh, than some of the other ones we've had before. So,
0: yeah, hey, let's. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. All right, yeah. let's indulge. All
1: right, initial thoughts, let's go. All right.
0: <laughs> you just Ooh. drank the whole thing, man. Oh, <laughs> look, <laughs> <laughs> <whoa>, going crazy. <laughs>
1: No, that was, uh, no, it was good. I mean, I honestly hit the tip of my tongue and I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go whole with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Drunk the whole thing in one side. Yeah, no,
1: it was good, man. Okay. Yeah. I feel, I feel the intensity by far. I could tell this is the most intense um, one that we've had. Yeah. It's definitely, it's got a little bit of like a spice and kind of a kick to it there. Mm -hmm. Like I really feel like the cinnamon uh, kind of. It still goes down smooth, but it almost kind of, like, I feel like it snowballs. Like, you get, like, the further it hits, like, goes down on your taste buds, the more it brings out. Um,
0: mm-hmm. A lot, lot of good bourbons and true. whiskeys have been doing that, especially the ones that we've been drinking. But what I notice is that, unlike the first three where it kind of starts slow and ramps up, this one hits you. Yes. And then it ramps from that. So it's a very different experience. Clyde Mays, they're... Bourbons and whiskeys are a lot stronger. They have a bold taste, but man, yes, that is bold. <laughs> it is a bold taste, but man, is it awesome! uh It's another realm of bourbons where it's just I, I like the bold. it's sometimes I'm I don't know. It's kind of like a. I think it's because I'm a hophead for. Beer. I'm very much a hophead as well. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: yeah, I very much prefer IPAs and oh, double IPAs yeah. when we're going. And to
0: this is kind of in the realm of that where it's like it is. It's not mellow. I mean, it's boom. It's yes. engaging. Yeah, it's uh, it pulls no punches. It uh, <laughs> it brings everything for you up front. Mm-hmm. Nice brown color, like kind of like a, almost an orange color to it. So, you know, it's not a very bland color at all. Hmm, very good nose to it. Uh, just the more I drink it, the more it just it's just that initial spark, and then it just takes you all the way to the finish line you just let it sit and you get that spice it just it it engages your tongue in all sorts of ways but man ladies and gentlemen if you want a good experience an engaging drinking experience where you can sip on a bourbon and really enjoy it Clyde Mays check them out give them some love um I'm sure you can find it at Aspects or Total Wine near you and I highly recommend it I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it 9 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) I uh I'm going to go
1: just up a little bit. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out
0: of 10. Oh, man. Up the Annie! There you go. And as always, we want to remind our audience to, or encourage our audience, shall I say, to please drink responsibly. So let's enjoy this together. Let's pour and score correctly. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, you know, let's be in control of our senses. So, um, all right. Well, here we are we're going to get into the meat and the grind. But before I kind of, you know, stand on my soapbox, just what are your initial general thoughts on the Astros change scandal? What are you from, what, from when you first heard of it? I have to say it, it caught me off guard and
1: uh, and surprised me because I felt like the Astros had truly paid their dues in terms of like really kind of being bottomed out as a franchise um, for a good while and had really accepted the, Hey, we we're not going to be good for a bit. We really need to rebuild. We need to, we need to to grow our farm system. We need to start creating kind of like a a new culture and a sort of new day around the, uh, around the Houston Astros program. Um, and, And it, and with just kind of what we, what everybody had seen, uh, kind of the image of the the Astros become during that twenty seventeen World Series run, um, in the wake of Hurricane Harvey, um, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it, it. I did not see it coming because from the surface, it was like, okay, this looks like all the right pieces. Like you can't like as big of a uh rivalry as the uh the Texas Rangers my team and the uh the Astros have been throughout their history um especially in recent years since both uh becoming under the um American League banner um and in the same division that it uh yeah why it still felt like a really good story and like it kind of like the that you know it was a a team and something that you could rally around that was aspirational and just a cool story within the uh the history of baseball um but it's yeah it caught me off guard mm-hmm. and it's looking at it i think it just it's it's really unfortunate not only that we we the, the truth came out of what happened but just seeing kind of ultimately from a public relations perspective how. um how the franchise, um, and like the key players that were involved, um, ultimately responsible for the decision-making, uh, have handled it. And their response to has been, it it was unfortunate and it really did the franchise no favors uh, in the eyes of the public. So, um, yeah, those are my initial thoughts and, uh, Barry, I would love for you to, uh, to just begin to unpack it all, uh, what first went down a year and a half ago, kind of how the story was broken um, and the full details around it.
0: Oh yeah. And yeah, I will not mince any words. Um, I've been an Astros fan my whole life and kind of wanted to take the bull by the horns and address this head on because you cannot ignore it. Here we are. We're in April, 2021 and it's still, it still follows the Astros. It's something that's not going to go away anytime soon. So we have to, address it um, you know know, it's gonna be a good experience I think I'll give you my final thoughts at the end of it and you'll see why I got there but I so I have a lot of bias going into this but I'm gonna try to be as objective as possible as I can possibly be but you'll you'll figure out at the end you know where that leads so let's just kind of take a step back and step back in time and in 2017 the Houston Astros won their first ever World Series And, again, when your team wins the World Series, you're on top of the baseball world. Another year passes, they make the ALCS, and they lose to the Red Sox. In 2019, I got to personally see the game in which we clinched the AL um, pennant and go to the World Series. We lost in seven games to the Washington Nationals. It was a seven-game series in which the home team lost every single game. Super bizarre. World Series, just as a tangent right there. But after the Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019, a few days later, on November 12th, 2019, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic published a bombshell report detailing an elaborate cheating scheme executed by the Houston Astros during the 2017 regular season and it caught everybody off guard. It caught me so off guard too. I mean, wow, just how egregious this is. This information was given to him by a whistleblower. Uh MLB pitcher by the name of Mike Fires who was with the Astros during the 2017 World Series. Mike Fires is currently a pitcher for the Oakland A's, but in 2019 leading up to the release he blew the whistle. Uh, a lot of baseball is a culture of, you know, not speaking out, keeping everything quiet, you know, hey, you know, let's just, let's not talk about it. Again, a lot of unwritten rules. So there's, this is one of them where it's just like, hey, we're, we're not going to rat each other out. So this was, this is a big deal, him coming out and doing this. So in the gist of the article, it stated that during the home games, the Astros took advantage of the fact they had access to the center field camera feed. This center field camera feed, which the home teams have access to, unlimited access to, to a fault, as you'll see, this camera feed focused on the catcher to the point where you could clearly see the catcher's signs that he was relaying to the pitcher. They then took this fact that, hey... We have this access. We have live footage of this access. It's not delayed. It's live. They set up a desk and a monitor along the hall wall in the hallway between the dugout and the clubhouse. An Astro's employee would observe the signs that the catcher was relaying to the pitcher and work to decode the signs as quickly as possible. And after a certain amount of time, multiple... Teams, the the good ones have multiple signs, but even then, I'm sure based on algorithms, whatever sign the pet catcher give, you know the one or three or two or whatever, it equated to a certain pitch. So once that employee decoded the signs to a to a, a consistent degree. <sighs> And throughout the course of this podcast draft, we're going to say the word bang a lot. And it'll be kind of funny, but we just got to embrace it. He would bang on an adjacent trash can to signal to the Astros batter, who was currently at the plate in real time, that an off-speed pitch was coming. And Astros players wanted specifically to know and only to know if the pitch was off-speed or not. Because the pitch is either going to be off-speed or it's going to be a fastball. Off-speed pitches can consist of curveballs, change-ups, or sliders. And that begs the question, why would a, an Astros player want to know this? And the reason is because it's all about the timing of a player's swing. If you know 100% for a fact that the next pitch that you're about to receive is off-speed, you that's a process of elimination. You know for a fact it's not a fastball. So you're like, okay, well... This pitcher normally throws curveballs most of the time, so it's most likely going to be a curve, and I'm going to take that extra fraction of a millisecond to wind up just a little more so I don't swing and miss. It's very, very useful information to know in real time, as we'll dive into. But that's what the article was suggesting. A few days after the article was published, Major League Baseball launched... An investigation under the leadership of Commissioner rob Manfred uh, Rob Manfred he's a commissioner. not a lot of people like him, you know he's
1: <laughs> is there any commissioner in pro sports that people actually like? I feel yeah. like Adam Silver with the NBA is the only one that like yeah. has actually gained a really like a pretty decent reputation yeah. like uh, uh, yeah Gary Bettman with NHL uh, people Roger hate, Goodell people hate uh, Goodell yeah Goodell is just. I, I think, you know, in the past year he's maybe like how he has handled um some things in the wake of uh in the wake of COVID and, you know, getting through last season and areas like that have been uh you know, have been decent, but um still I mean obviously there's deeper issues with the NFL that go way beyond that that are mm-hmm. either directly or indirectly connected to him. But yeah, for the
0: most part like commissioners are, are not loved people in sports. Oh, no. <laughs> and yeah, they they represent the owners. And there's a lot of innate animosity towards the billionaire owners and the Rob Manfreds of the world have to represent them. So commissioners are controversial people. Not, only, not a lot of people like them. And, you know, a lot of reasons are good, but some of them are illegitimate. But a lot are legitimate because, you know, they're destroying a sport or taking it in the wrong direction. But anyway, Rob Manfred... The head honcho took it upon himself to launch an investigation into the Astro Scandal to unearth the specific truth of what exactly happened. And part of this investigation, which took place in the weeks that followed in the offseason of 2019, he made it clear that the baseball players themselves would be granted immunity. (laughs) Very controversial right there. They would receive no punishment. Not a single one of them in exchange for their candid testimony regarding the cheating scheme. I don't know. That's a decision that a lot of people disagree with. You could argue that he couldn't have gotten the information either way. You could say he might have been able to get the gist of it without that. Um, But regardless, that's what happened. And so as he was unearthing it, it was became clear that not every Astros player chose to benefit from this cheating scheme but in some but some indicated that they wanted to be the beneficiaries of the scheme that they put in place sign stealing with the naked eye isn't against the rules of baseball in fact people do it all the time if you have someone on second they are going to actively try to decode the catcher signs and off-speed or not, maybe they keep their arm up or put their arm on their leg. That's been happening since the dawn of baseball.
1: Yeah, I think that was the the most interesting thing in unpacking ultimately what happened with, uh, with this scandal was, yeah, in sports, it's pretty easy to decode signals, uh, have access to, especially in the modern day, have access to film, uh, you know, and other more looking at other sports like the NBA and the the NFL, um, to have the access to understand what other teams are doing. It's more, it's more so just kind of like the, the unspoken since this is almost like a organizational uh, and, and kind of management wise unspoken rule of you don't exhaust those to like their furthest conclusion of like creating secret signals and like doing something like putting a computer in the hallway mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, right outside the dugout and having like <laughs> somebody like d- like decoding these type of things and creating like a sort of like secret signal system to understand what's going to come uh, next with it. So yeah, I mean, it's the, the, yeah, you can pick up on things Easily when you study study habits, study uh, the way the different teams play the game and how the it tends to games tend to unfold based on the strategy and everything. But it's like yeah, they the Astros legitimately like took those and like created like a hidden system to rig the game essentially with it.
0: Exactly, and I pointed that out because again, sign stealing with the naked eye is not against the rules. However, sign stealing with the use of technology. Is strictly forbidden, and it is specifically spelled out in the MLB rulebook that this is against the rules, for a good reason. Using technology to steal signs, and And I, I think okay, I don't
1: want to interrupt you, but like I think too with like, is there no MLB sort of like officiating or or management? Down in like the clubhouse area during the games, was there nobody that saw, <laughs> like, like saw this computer in the hallway, like saw, yeah, <laughs> it saw the uh, <laughs> saw so, saw like somebody like banging, banging g- g- like there like g- like banging a trash can, like and like doing these like cult like signals and stuff to the players, like did 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 this not raise any alarms at all to yeah. uh, to folks like? Yeah, 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 I, I it, digress. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it is totally crazy. And, you know, frankly, again, baseball, old school sport, that's one of the major things we're going to talk about. It's slow to change. It's an old school sport that's been played since, you know, and since the late 1800s. The act of a catcher putting his hand between his legs and making the sign so the pitcher can read it, that's a very old school and flawed Way of showing that this not currently used technology, and here we are, 2017, well into the information age. The Astros exploiting this archaic way of relaying pitches to the pitcher, and since the scandal broke, the on and there was several weeks before we heard the findings of the investigation. The online community really began to realize. That these trash can bangs were clearly audible during the home games and could have been analy- analyzed by watching those past games online. The evidence became overwhelming and indisputable when the article first came out. It's just like you're just reading it on an article, and they're like, Psh. You're "Like, how's yeah. this possible?" But as I as well, you unpack, study what actually and,
1: happened. It's like these were not isolated incidents. Like, there's no. actual proof that it's, it was a like systemic. Uh, Thing that was going on.
0: Yeah, and it's just when you're watching the games and you're not aware of it, it was just background noise. But when you watch it and you actively know that you're going to hear trash cans being banged, it's not just some background noise. No, it's very intentional. (laughs) So another key source that was mentioned in the article, he was a White Sox pitcher by the name of Danny Farquhar. He explicitly mentioned that he heard trash can bangs while he was pitching off speed pitches during a 2017 regular season game. The online user, John Boy, he's a pretty big uh, media influencer in the world of baseball with his YouTube videos and po- many podcasts. He found the particular game that Danny Farquhar was talking about and he posted an infamous video, which now has several million views clearly demonstrating that Farquhar's testimony was legitimate. Every time before he drew an osby pitch, you listen and you hear, boom, boom, boom. And sure enough, it, it came. And it shook him up so much that he had to step off the mound and call his catcher up and it's like, dude, like, <laughs> these guys know what's coming. Um, In this case, baseball is so secretive. That a lot of players were noticing this, but again, you don't rout out people, even if you're they're not they're, they're playing against you. Baseball is such an archaic. There's a lot of it's a beautiful game. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of archaic rules to it. Unwritten rules, secrecy. You don't trash other people. You don't exploit secrets. And there were so many things that were working in the Astros' favor that the world was able to live in ignorance for two years. I mean, come on. One other source that I would like to point out, this is a... This, in my opinion, as online users started taking matters into their own hands and proving to the world very grassroots that they did in fact cheat, there is one source in the particular that is superior, and this was done by an, Ast- an actual Houston Astros fan. His name is Tony Adams. He spent a lot of hours watching 58 home games. Again, there are 81 home games in total in any given season. He watched 58 of them, and he created a website. You can go to this website right now, and I highly encourage all of um, all the folks listening to this podcast to go to signstealingscandal.com. I simply wanted it, signstealingscandal.com. The link will be in the description below. He created this website based on him watching all 58 of these home games, and it illustrates, in my opinion, the most objective account of what actually happened. And he quantified the amount of bangs (laughs) during the games. And based on the 58 games that he watched, again, it's not complete. They they can only do this at the home games. They, They don't have access to the camera on the road games. So... He was able to watch over half the home games. But in those, in, but it's still a good sample size, as, as you'll find out. 1,143 bangs were out of 8,274 pitches thrown. So in those 58 games, 14% of the time, there were bangs for all the pitches thrown in that home stretch. There were minimal bangs, 2 to 5 per game at the start of the season, all the way until Memorial Day weekend, May 28th, 2017. And you'll look on the website, that's when the banging, (laughs) as silly as it is to say that, started to really ramp up. So again, you start off with two to five per game, very, very minimal, but after Memorial Day weekend, boom, you're getting 25 plus bangs per game. And they all but cease starting on September 22nd and beyond. So in the 2017 World Series, you have Memorial Day weekend all the way to the end of September in which they are in full swing using this system. In August of 2017, the Red Sox were caught transmitting signs from the replay room to the trainers in the dugout via smartwatch. There's this whole smartwatch scandal. Um, Those trainers were re laying the signals to the players using the smartwatch. And a lot of people found out about the smartwatch right when it was happening. It baffles me. They weren't able to pick up on the trash can, but they were able to pick up on the smartwatch scandal. Um, But that happened in August of 2017. And after that, all teams were put on notice on September 17th that electronic sign stealing of any kind would be severely punished. So Manfred gave an official notice. I don't know if he was totally hands-off. There are a lot of rules in baseball. It's like, yeah, it's a rule, but we're it's, they're not going to really hardcore enforce it. And the Astros were exploiting it for sure. But on September 17th, when they were put on notice, it would make sense that on September 22nd, they just stopped doing it because they were put on notice. So, But all the way up until then... They were using it big time. And if you look at the website, uh, you'll see the players who used it the most. Tyler White heard bangings 26% of his appearances. J.D. Davis heard bangs 29% of the time. Max Stassi, 25%. George Springer, 14% of his plate appearances. Alex Bregman, 16%. Guriel seventeen percent, Carlos Correa fifteen percent. You get the you get the point. It ranges from you know mid 15s all the way to as bad as twenty nine. JD Davis, he didn't play every day, so every time chance he could, he heard them. But again, he might have a smaller sample size, so it kind of averages to again it averages to around fourteen percent total. But here's the one thing that I want want to point out now I'll give you my final analysis at the end but there is one very very important fact to keep in mind this whole uh, findings based on this website if you go to the scienceceingscandal there is a separate page dedicated solely to Jose Altuve and you're asking why do you have a separate page solely to him and that's because Jose Altuve the twenty seventeen ALMVP only utilized technically the sign stealing scandal 2.7% of the time. So that's an anomaly. You're looking at an average of 14 and then 2.7. That is a huge anomaly. And it's like, wow, that's different. To add on to what that what that showed. I'm going to bring up you know, quotes from Correa. Um, In February of 2020, the very next year, Correa points out, he said, when you look at Altuve's numbers on the road, he hit 400. The the Astros had a phenomenal road record. They did really well, as as I'll point out later. Jose Altuve used it 2.7% of the time. Josh Reddick used it 3.7% of the time. And Tony Kemp used it 0% of the time. So you have the two extremes. You have J.D. Davis and Tyler White, Max Stassi and all those. But then on the flip side, you have Josh Reddick, most prominently Al Tuve and Tony Kemp. Correa goes on in February of 2020 to say, and this is quote, The few times that the trash can was banged without his, was without his consent. He would go on inside the clubhouse and inside the dugout to whoever was banging the trash can and he would get pissed. He then says, when you disrespect Altuve's name, it doesn't sit well with me. He earned that MVP. So my big hot take is yes, Jose Altuve 100% deserves the MVP for that season. With that context, if you look at over that period, there would be, they would be implementing the scandal, and there would be times where he, when he was up to bat, he wouldn't have the bangings. But even in the times where it was like maybe two or three per game, it was clear he didn't want to do it. And he would go back and say, hey, you know, I don't, I don't want to partake in this. Um, some hitters don't want to do it because it's too, it's too distracting. And Altuve is a pure hitter. You know, he just wants to go up and focus on hitting. So, in the wake of this scandal, you have players like Cody Bellinger who, they're just hot. They think they're so cool, and they'll say, Altuve stole that MVP from Judge. That's a load of garbage. Jose Altuve, 100%, is the rightful winner of the MVP for that season. Aaron Judge had a phenomenal year in 2017. He hit a lot of bombs. I have nothing against Aaron Judge personally. He's a great man. But Altuve had better numbers overall. So, I will never... It's going to take a whole lot to persuade me otherwise. So, a lot of people, they give him so much crap. Altuve, more than any other player. And it's like, guys, (laughs) he's he's the wrong guy to do it. You're just... You're giving him crap because he's the best. Uh, Al Tuve, 2017 MVP. I'll believe that to the day I die. And if you think otherwise, you can't just say, oh, well, he was on the Astros and they cheated. Eh, that ain't going to happen, people. So <laughs> that's my side hot take for this whole episode. So, um, But then the million-dollar question is, how did this actually benefit them? You know, are, is this actually helping them win? On this very same website, you can look at the outcomes of those games. You'll look at games like on August 4th, they beat the Blue Jays 16-7. to And in that game, there was the most amount of bangs recorded, 54. That's a lot. And they destroyed the Blue Jays. On July 14th, they beat the Twins 10-5. to 48 bangs during that game. So, so far, a lot of bangs. They're having crazy wins. But on the flip side, August 24th, they have 47 bangs, and they lose 5-4 against the Nationals. On August 20th, they lost 3-2 against the A's with 45 trash can bangs. So you're seeing... At least by the evidence, you know, in the games where they had the bangs the most, they, yeah, in those games, they destroyed them. But then a few less bangs for whatever reason, you know, they lost by the narrowest of margins. So it's not a guaranteed win, at least from what I'm seeing. So it's very important to keep that in mind. And again, teams have multiple sets of signs. It would take, and if they just all of a sudden snap their fingers, we're going to switch to a different set of signs, then the person trying to decode it is going to have trouble decoding the signs. So there's a lot of factors in play. There are games where they won with not a lot of bangs. And conversely, there are games that they lost even though there were a lot of bangs. So, again, go to the website. You can see it for yourself. It's very, very detailed. He's Tony Adams. I commend him. Spent a ton of hours putting this together. You know, at the end of the day, we'll never know what would have happened, but it is. Interesting. you can draw your own conclusions. The Astros' road record was tied for first in Major League Baseball, 53-28. and 28. That's a phenomenal road record. Their home record was not as good as their home rec- road record. 48 and 33. Stats still good, but they killed it on the road. So again, it's like man, man were they just really good? Were they good otherwise? It's all stuff to f- to f- to ponder. They finished the 2017 regular season with a record of 101 and 61. 101 wins, 61 losses. And the second place team were the Angels, 80 and 82. So they were over 20 games ahead of the second-place Angels. It was just them and everybody else was <laughs> hanging out to try. So it's a lot of stuff to consider. The question, you know, did the bangs result in that 20-game difference? Would that difference of 20-plus games would have been tighter if they wouldn't have done the bangs? Would it not have mattered? Did it really matter? Those are all really good questions to keep in mind. At the end of that multi-week period, in January of 2020, it was a Monday, January 13th, 2020, MLB released the report of their findings. The players getting immunity, obviously, and they issued punishments. The manager, A.J. Hintz, got suspended for a year. The general manager, Jeff Luno, got suspended for a year the Astros forfeited their first and second round draft picks for the next two years. And the Astros were fined $5 million, the maximum allowed under major league baseball's constitution. So that was the extent of it. That's that was their punishment. That's it. All those five points right there. Very soon after the report, the owner of the Astros, Jim Crane fired AJ Hinch and Jeff Lonell in an F for to clean house here are some key aspects from the report that Manfred released. So again, you have the article, you have all the fans doing their own research, but the report, this is just a more extensive breakdown of what happened. Here are some key points. And you can read the report yourself, link in the description below. The Astros full, fully cooperated with the investigation. Jim Crane, the owner, was unaware of the science ceiling scheme. The signs ceiling system evolved. In early 2017, they used a runner at second to relay signs to the Astros players, which again, that's totally legal. But two months into 2017, the trash can method was implemented. This scheme was player-driven. It happened in the clubhouse. And the two people that they mentioned, they may only mention two players by name, Carlos Beltran, who was a veteran player and Alex Cora, the, pit, the batting coach, the bench coach, my, um, my mistake. So a player-driven scheme by the veteran and the bench coach. This was happening in the dugout. They, and so this, so far, it makes sense. If you look at science they didn't really ramp it up until two months into the season. That is consistent with the findings of this report they continued to use the sign-stealing system into the 2017 postseason. That's what the report says. In early 2018, they moved the video room to a room closer to the dugout. They continued the scheme early in the 2018 season, but eventually stopped because, quote, because the players no longer believed it was effective. That's the only reason why they stopped doing it.
1: And man is that not like a damning statement in terms of uh <laughs> in terms of kind of incriminating yourself for the the season before like yeah like oh yeah we stopped because it was no longer effective. Okay yeah you there's now obvious proof that something was amiss because you didn't have the belief that uh that you could like do it the regular way and you need something (laughs) that was going to be effective and increasing your odds of winning. So (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah. So what, whatever on that, another key point, um, there was no evidence of their use during the 2018 postseason, nor the 2019 regular or postseason. So it starts in 2017, goes into 2018 stops, sometime in the regular season of 2018, and they don't use it again. So that's very important to keep in mind. Alex Cora lost his job as the Red Sox manager. He moved off of the Astros, became the Red Sox manager, led them to a World Series victory in 2018, but then he lost his job in the wake of the scandal as well. A.J. Hintz, the manager. and This is the manager of the clubhouse. He's in the dugout. He can hear the trash can bangs. He's not the general manager or the owner sitting up way up in the stands. He's there. He clearly knows what's going on. The report says he neither devised the banging scheme nor participated in it, which means he was complicit in it. And on two occasions, he signaled his disapproval with the scheme by destroying the The monitors. Again, he did this twice. He took a bat and destroyed the monitors. So he went all (laughs) big poppy on the monitors. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Regardless, he did not stop it. And he did not notify players or Alex Cora that he disapproved of it. He took a bat and he destroyed the monitors. But if you don't say anything to back that up... For all we know, the players could have just thought, oh, he's just frustrated. He's just having a bad day. <laughs> he's the manager. He is the skipper. He is in charge. Uh, I mean, most you know, most players were involved, um, you know, because they admitted to it under the guise of immunity, but they said that if AJ Hint, if he explicitly told them to stop doing it, they would have stopped. They said that, you know, just, just, but they devised this scheme and they kept it up. And the head honcho, the man who is ultimately one of the key people responsible for it, did nothing about it. AJ Hinch, and he's going to live with that for the rest of his life. And last finding from the report is none of the players were were disciplined. Again, they were granted immunity. So that wraps up kind of the historical deep dive of the analysis. And before I give my final analysis, because I have plenty to say about it, Trav, what are your final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I will keep it pretty to the point here of looking back at all the details we've just unpacked. It is very interesting to see almost like the, the, the cadence of the bangs and how things were implemented, from that, that that first season that happened back in 2017, then into uh, 2018, as I say, kind of like the rather incriminating statement of like, oh, we no longer saw it effective. Um, but then, then, like that on top of the differences of like, yeah, the the like the the banging was something that was implemented at home, like there were the the availability to do it there at Minute Maid Park, uh, but then it wasn't happening on the road. But how like it happened on the road was a better record for the team as opposed to, mm-hmm. to home at Minute Maid Park. And so in a sense, I almost see it as, like, it's it's worse. And I, I can see, like, how, like, with fans, like, it, uh, with Major League Baseball fans in general, why this could really irk some folks um, more um, than in, in another instance. Like, and in this, it really is kind of pretty bad when you look at it in this light of, like, Man, these guys went with it. Like we'll 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 never fully know if the Astros thought that they I mean, that 2017 team, like that period around 2017, 2018, the Astros were just absolutely loaded with talent. Like True. it was, yep. and they, we will never fully know if they thought, Hey, like we, we just don't, even though like we're, we're loaded on paper, we just don't think we have like the resources or like the full, like kind of team chemistry ultimately to just doing it the right way mm-hmm. to, to get us uh, through the pennant races into the world series and ultimately win it all. Um, or if uh if they were just ultimately greedy and it was like hey you know we just want to we want to manipulate our home environment in whatever way we can ultimately it's just it's about it was just about us like you know trying to 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 basically play dirty and like seeing themselves as really all that and going just for like maximizing everything as you could and just it's yeah it's between the investigation and the responses of the organization itself uh how players were granted immunity to speak out on these issues um it just creates a very complicated public relations image um to, mm-hmm. to fully understanding and kind of like uh, like moving forward when looking at this uh at this scandal to this day i still maintain that it. yeah it's very uh I, I didn't see it coming um i don't think a lot of people did um even as this investigation is done, it leads to. It seems to just lead for a lot of folks, including myself, more questions than there are still answers. <laughs> even though details have been released, it's almost like there's at least some. You asking more questions, like one, even more follow up details to it that you can kind of. You're trying to put the pieces together in the mind, but it's like okay, I need to. I almost feel like I need to hear from uh, the horses' mouth themselves. Like okay, where, where are these kind of disconnects here with it? So it's. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and uh, I know you've got some final thoughts here to put out. <laughs> like you being uh, being a lifelong Astros fan yourself, um, a Houston native, just how you will how this ultimately sits with you, and how you will look at it for the rest of your life, isn't it? As, an, as yeah. an Astros
0: fan, you know. And I'm still processing it. But before I give my spiel, I get the, here's the million dollar question, draft Do you think that the 2017 World Series title should be stripped? the Astros. There's so many skeletons in the closets <laughs> of,
1: uh, of baseball. Um, as you've mentioned, kind of with the, 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 the very formal kind of good old boyish culture that has, uh, run with the sport for ages. Um, and there's other, other scandals that have, uh, have existed such as the black Sox, and the steroids era, others where it's like, it, it, Baseball is such an imperfect sport and one that has has have has had and continues to have such a unique human element to it um, in ways other sports don't. Uh it feels you you can't really strip a title like this. It, I think it's more so it's like with any of these major um scandals or anything, it's just kind of dependent on the era. It it deserves an asterisk, and it deserves when to like it, ultimately when it comes to this being recorded in Cooperstown, the history books like it just deserves the rifle context to explain like what what went down, and for uh, and for the audience to draw their own conclusions from that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point right there, and context is key, uh, not just glossing over it. Um, as I mentioned before, Jose Altuve is the 2017 MVP. And you're going to have to come up with a very, very good case against that. And you're going to have a very hard time convincing me otherwise, given everything that we described. But ultimately, aside from Jose Altuve, who he's my boy, um, aside from that, what are my thoughts as a whole? While there is a good chance, a a good case to be made, that the Astros still might have won the division, or at least clinched the lot the wild card. Again, it's a 21 game differential. You can say, "Oh, well, the Bangings, if they if they didn't do it, it might have been a 10 game differential or a 5 game differential or whatever." I will still forever have an asterisk by the 2017 World Series victory. I'm a Houston Astros fan, but I am not one of those fans who is just saying, "Oh, everybody's doing it, so it's fine." No. That's garbage. This is cheating. If you ask any pitcher who would they, who would they rather face? Someone who is, you know, up to their eyeballs and steroids or someone who knows 100% that an off-speed pitch is coming, they'll take their chance on a person like Bonds any day of the week because you can be, you know, the incredible hulk for all I care, but you if you still have to connect the bat with the ball, which is so difficult. The best players in baseball are not successful two thirds of the time that is a, a an abysmal strat you know percentage two thirds of the time being unsuccessful and those are the best people. it's so difficult to hit a pitch but when you know a hundred percent the type of pitch that's coming, you gain an incredible advantage so this even though again you can make a case. It was just like you were saying, Travis, at the end of the day, we will never know what would have happened. And because of that, I cannot accept this world series victory. I have to put an asterisk by it. Um, every time I go to Menmade park and I look at that gold 2017 world series, victory, I'm not going to look at that with pride. Uh, they cheated. This is against the rules for a reason. You can argue that it might be a bad rule. No, it's a good rule. And Major League Baseball, we talked about in episode two, and they need to have a better, more sophisticated pitch relay, not just for the cheating scandal, just because they need to embrace technology. But cheating is cheating. Electronic science scaling is against the rules for a good reason. And, you know, this was hard for baseball fans because you have other fans who they haven't won World Series in several years, and they're like, Psh, well, the Astros come up here and they and they cheat. You know, my team hasn't won in several years, and you guys, you just cheat your way to it? I mean, that's, that's not fair. And this was hard for them, but I want to give the Houston Astros fans perspective. This was especially hard on us. You know, I'm not demanding sympathy for the Houston Astros themselves, but we as Astros fans, and I speak on their behalf, it was especially hard for us especially given the fact that this championship was won in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. When you spend your whole life, however short it is, being a fanatic around a team, and in 2017, your own home gets decimated, the city of Houston gets decimated, the city of Houston rallies around the team, and a mere two months, less than two months after Hurricane Harvey happens, You win a World Series. You're elated. You're ecstatic. It gives you joy, pure, tangible joy, and then all of that is fake? I mean, what a gut punch. It's that feeling of rallying behind your team and putting your faith in the team, the joy that we had despite our homes being destroyed, the images of people sitting on buckets, in houses that were gutted, watching the game, those feelings were real. And the cheating scandal, to a large point, you invalidates those experiences, or at least you can look at it that way. We lived in ignorance for two years, thinking that the Astros, they thought they were going to start a dynasty and continue to dominate cleanly. You know, this team is, they, they got Fun players like Bregman and Correa and Springer and Altuve. And, you know, they're not the Dodgers the the Yankees. They're the Astros. It's a new team. That's a new dynasty. They made the ALCS four straight years. They made the World Series in 2019, and they almost did in 2018. It's a new dynasty. And then after two years of ignorance, the height of my fandom for the Astros, this just comes out and just smacks it across the face. I'm still dealing with this scandal to this day. Um, At least for now, I'm continuing to root for the Astros. My fandom of them is diminished. I will say that. You know, in those two years, 2017 to 2019, it was at its height, it is diminished. But here since my hometown, I'm still rooting for the Astros. And I, you know... It was really hard for me, especially because of A.J. Hinch. Everybody loved A.J. Hinch. The fans, the players, people from other teams, they loved A.J. Hinch. He's so candid and so up front, and the fact that he did not stop it, that really hurt me the more, the most, more so than any other player. Altuve, again, he didn't engage in it, and he. you can say, oh, he could have stopped it, but he was a player. This was started by the veteran, Carlos Beltran, who's the veteran. No one's going to backtalk a veteran. No one's going to backtalk a bench coach. It has to be the manager. And A.J. Hinch, he's come out, and he's talked about it as he's been asked plenty of questions about it. He says he'll live with it for the rest of his life, and he says it's it sucks because it desecrates his father's name. The Hinch name, Hinch, will forever be associated with cheating scandal. He's now the manager of the Tigers and trying to turn that team around. He's very, very fortunate that he gets a second chance. In my opinion, I would have been okay with the harsher punishment. I would have been okay with a lifetime ban on Hench and Lunau. I would have been okay with one-year suspensions on the players. I mean, I'm pretty flexible. You know, all the punishment that I said, I'm pretty flexible, you know, the, uh, the World Series title is always going to have an asterisk by me. So in my opinion, it's illegitimate. So it'll be there, but I'm not going to work at it with pride. And the After they won the World Series, I bought the Blu-ray, you know, that comes out every year for the World Series champion. And I bought the t-shirts, and I bought the... the the pint glass. You bought the whole, like, Sports Illustrated package yes. that they
1: uh, they advertised, like, yeah. the, the, the first commercial after the team wins
0: the World Series. Yeah, Sports. I know. I did all that, and I was living in Austin at the time, and they were doing a tour of the Pennant Trophy, and it was at the Capitol building, and I took time out of my day to go and take a picture next to the Pennant Trophy. I stood next to the actual trophy and took a picture with it. I did all that, and this was a gut punch. You know, some people have revoked their fandom of the Astros because of this, and I completely understand why it's hard for me to do the same, given my experiences with the team. Um, At the, for me, it's more than the players. It's more than the owner. It's more, it's, it, this is, it's kind of like the, the British in their English premier league uh, soccer teams. It's, It's integral with the culture of Houston. Houstonians, they're able to have experiences and rally behind the team. And the team, the idea of the team itself, is bigger than this scandal. My fandom, again, is diminished, but my love for the sport of baseball remains. This was the catalyst for my love for the sport and ultimately what's led into this podcast being started. And it's because my team was really really good and when your team's really good it's fun to watch (laughs) it's not fun to watch when your team's bad it's fun to watch when they're good and they're still good to this day but i'm very interested to see interviews from these players i'm sure at some point they'll come clean maybe when they're retired yeah
1: i feel like this is going to be it'll be one of those things years down the road when uh when these guys are uh really kind of around like the same time all retiring together, there will be a some sort of round table discussion um, with them where there's more details that comes clean. You know, they share individually, but like, you know, being there in the same room with each other um, about kind of what happened with the culture of the organization and oh, how yeah. that led to what ultimately happened.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, that, cause their culture is pitiful. I mean, And again, and this has become, because of the information age, and a society being more open to change, this is being discovered in more teams beside from the Astros. Recently, the Mets, they had an employee who was, you know, abusive towards women. Uh, I think he was the general manager. Yeah. In this particular instance, there was just a really bad culture in the Astros. Their PR response to this was pathetic. It was so bad. Uh, you're a PR guy, Trav. The Astros, they it was as if they either a didn't have a PR guy, or if they did, that guy is woefully inadequate at his job.
1: It was a ton of deflection and yeah. like not like not like like circular answering of questions and just never getting to anything conclusive with it. It, Yeah, it was it was just kind of like a a
0: train wreck that you couldn't look away from. Yeah. (laughs) If they would have came in twenty twenty and they were candid, they were honest, it wouldn't have been as bad. But the fact that their apology was so poor it it doesn't help. And what I really... They had a press conference in early 2020, and then the pandemic broke out. But what I wanted them to hear from them... I wanted them to apologize, but I wanted them to apologize to the fans. I wanted to hear them apologize to kids who look up to them. If they would have come out and given an apology like that, I would have respected them. But Bregman and Altuve and Jim Crane... I mean, it was a lot of double downing. Yeah, it's just, guys, get rid of your ego and just come clean. Yeah, and that's like that's something I think you know
1: probably for like the city of Houston especially is the the, the idea of you know kind of like a united team or like representing H Town. It just that kind of all like the thread was pulled on and it. And they just kind of unraveled at that point Like the egos were shown and it just, it really kind of ruined. So that like what, like any sort of memories you had of like, man, this is our team. This is our city's team. What we're in this together here. When you're seeing like these guys, it's like, Oh, I, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. It's like, Oh no, I did. I, I take offense to the idea. You'd look at, uh, look at this or with these guys. And it's just, yeah, it, it, it was a horrible, it was handled horribly from a PR perspective.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, again, cheating has happened in sports since the dawn of time. People have, of all cross sports have always tried to get an edge in an illegitimate way. Drugs, you know, just all kinds of methods of cheating. And this is one of those. Um, my hope, again, my love for the sport remains because the sport, when you, when it's played fairly is a beautiful sport and I want the sport to survive. And I'm not saying that I will always be a Houston Astros fan. You know, I'm right now it's, 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 it's just, it's hard for me to say otherwise, but you know, they can only test my fandom of them so much, you know, it's, and again, they've already tested it pretty bad. I mean, this is this is pretty bad. This is probably the worst moment in Astros history. But we'll see. It's complicated. Um, I'm just conti- I'm going to continue to pay attention to baseball, see how they do in 2020. They made the ALCS in a short season. We'll see how they do. They're getting plenty of booze here in 2021, and you know they deserve it. I mean, I mean to a degree. Uh, <laughs> if even if there even is a degree, maybe they'll get it for the rest of their lives, and who knows if any of them will end up in Cooperstown? I sure hope how Al- Altuve does. If he doesn't, I'll be pretty mad. But this might impact Correa's and Bregman's and Springer's chances, and we'll see. But it's it it was important for us to cover this. This was therapeutic, you uh, know. It's it's something that I'm sure we'll dress many many times over. So. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm trying to end this off on a positive note, but the positive note is that baseball is a beautiful sport and it can be, and they can put changes, they can implement changes to prevent this from happening again.
1: Yep. And you know, and, and it can be a better late than never type of situation for more, uh, uh, parts of the Houston Astros organization to come clean and make, uh, emit, Im- uh, continue to create a new culture and legacy and do things the right way
0: another time around exactly so we're hopeful we're you know we're hopeful for the future and you know man the Rangers they were one strike away twice I, I want the Rangers to win I want the Astros to win another World Series purely and legitimately so I can actually fully enjoy a clean quote-unquote one but no, yeah. When your team wins the World Series, is great, and you know, <laughs> I hope the Rangers win one. I really do. I will be so happy if the Rangers win one. So shout out to our DFW fans. It's just the moment itself. Those moments, those are awesome moments.
1: Yeah, you come up close, uh, come up short just a couple of times. So we, uh, uh, yeah, it seems right now that we're pressing into as an organization more of a. More rebuild. of a, a re, more of like a true rebuild <laughs> and just embracing the fact that like, Hey, we've, we've got some guys here that, you know, it's, it's very much a stretch for them to be playing major league baseball, um, at the moment. Um, and, and we're just working with the best of what we got, um, and hoping to build off of a, uh, kind of like a clean slate culture that way. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'll always love the Rangers and I, I, I can't wait to, uh, to, to see, um, to see that uh, that World Series trophy hoisted by them someday.
0: Yeah, you know, you got the rest of your life. Um, what is that? What, 50 yeah, years? We, we've got, yeah, we both were, <laughs> we're both in our 20s. Sure, like surely got, it'll happen once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, whether you're an Astros fan, a Rangers fan, or a fan of any other team, we, there's always hope and competition. So let's aim to make the game fair and clean, and let's just root for our team. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this it was a it was a it was a lengthy it was a it, it was heated but it was a good it was fun you know so moving forward um go ahead and subscribe to, to- the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes this concludes the launch episodes and we got so many more episodes coming up we got some interviews coming up we're going to be breaking down the seasons of major league baseball and college baseball so you want to subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast so you do not miss out on future episodes stay up to date like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are in the description below. Leave us a five star review if you like what you listen to. Re- if or if you-, you
1: don't like what you're listening to, let us know what we can change so we can make this even better. <laughs>
0: yeah, we would prefer if you don't.
1: We hope you're liking what you hear so far, but if you don't, you know, we're, uh, it's not going to hurt.
0: We are us. open to constructive criticism. If you want to give us constructive criticism, you can reach out to us personally. Don't give us a one star review. <laughs> 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 but just being honest. But no, I mean, but but. But no, if you do, it is what it is. We want to get better. We're amateur podcasters. So, you know, we want to actually hear back from you. We don't just want to talk into the ether. We want to hear back from your audience. And we want you to get a part of it too, which is why we encourage you to join our Patreon to get an even greater level of access to No or It'll come with perks, which we'll explain at a later point in time. But, you know, join the Patreon community um you know support us if you feel like um inclined to do so that's gonna help us give you the best content more consistently but yeah let's start a community on there let's start a movement ladies and gentlemen let's enjoy the game of baseball together let's i'm excited moving forward um so join us this is a journey that we're on this together it's a two-way street so yeah keep batting 400 and if you can swing
1: for the fences Love you guys and we see you next time. See y'all around. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Laughlin and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver.